Welcome to the new episode of the Super Awkward Funcast with L. Lathan. This is the June 28th show. A lot has happened in the last 48 hours. Well, to get into it, <laughs> um,. I had a list of things that I was going to talk about. Now, some of them are out of the window because there was just an airstrike in Syria. Again! Is it February again? I thought I had already did a a podcast about this. (sighs) Let me look it up and give you the deets on that from the government themselves. The U.S. government, which is so reliable. I hope you're having a great weekend or week... It would be the week now. It is Monday. I forgot what day it is because I got very few hours of sleep. Alright, let me just look up Siri. I'm sure it'll come up. Oh dear. Interesting. There's new updates on this supposed multiple rocket attack that happened. So, let's go to the news. I don't want to go to Emerson. Blinken calls on coalition partners to repatriate ISIS fighters held in Syria. He said, Syrian democratic forces holding them is unbearable in the long run. Why are we in Syria again? Why are we defending ourselves in Syria? Ourselves. Why is the U.S. government's military defending itself and its own interests? Mainly of bankers and politicians who are occupying that country currently, as well as Iraq. Kicking off the ministerial meeting of the Global Coalition to Defeat ISIS in Rome on Monday, U.S. Secretary of State Anthony, it says Anthony, (laughs) Anthony Blinken called on countries to repatriate, rehabilitate, and where applicable, prosecute their citizens imprisoned in Syria fighting for ISIS. The Syrian Democratic Forces have detained 10,000 ISIS fighters, a situation Blinken described as untenable in the long run. Kind of like the war in Iraq, yeah? No? Okay, cool. It just can't persist indefinitely, he said. But the war in Iraq and Syria can. Great Britain, France, and other countries have been reluctant to repatriate ISIS fighters amid concerns about domestic terrorism and the unpopularity of doing so across Europe. 
Former President Trump threatened to release ISIS fighters into France two years ago, according to ABC News, which is where I'm reading this, which is totally legit, obviously. He noted the actions of several nations, singling out the host nation Italy as one of the few Western European countries willing to return nationals from the region, including a female fighter and her children. Blinken also underlined the need for the coalition to expand its efforts in Africa, because we're not doing enough there, and deny the terror group and its affiliates new recruits by undermining its brand and sharing positive alternative narratives online and on social media. You mean propaganda? We are seeing fighters of 13 and 14 years old take up weapons to kill people. And we have to get at this from every possible angle, he said. Blinken announced plans for the United States to provide another $436 million that we paid in our taxes, I'm sure, in humanitarian aid to support Syrian refugees whom they have made refugees by occupying their country illegally. You can't make this up. Bringing the total U.S. humanitarian response to the Syrian conflict that they started to roughly $13.5 billion since 2011. He also praised the group for its significant achievements in the fight against ISIS, noting that the movement of foreign fighters into Syria and Iraq has virtually ceased. Not according to the latest airstrikes, but okay. He announced few new U.S. sanctions against a, a senior leader in ISIS, Greater Sahara, the affiliate group operating in Niger, Mali, and Burkina Faso. Blinken closed by praising the partnership against ISIS in the Middle East and across the globe. We've made great progress because we've been working together, so we hope you'll keep an eye on the fight. Keep up the fight against this terrorist organization until it is decisively defeated. I agree, we should really do something about the terrorist organization that is the U.S. military-industrial complex. That is something we should definitely take care of really soon. It is an untenable situation. So, that's an interesting uh, thing that's happening 15 hours ago. That's some of the news. Okay, I guess we have New York Times from 17 hours ago here. I don't know if they'll let me read it. I might have to go to the... Okay, I think I can read it. No, I can't. Fuck. Well, I'll go to my phone. <laughs> when in doubt, go to your phone. And press the reader button, or whatever they call that. I don't know what they call it. It makes it reader for friendly. Read friendly. Whatever, it's a thing that makes the page readable. I don't know. I'm a dummy. I'm very tired. But that's okay. Everyone gets tired. There's a lot to be tired about. Okay, I guess... Uh-oh. Well, there's a little bit of news here. Breaking news from my podcast. Uh, they released 
uh, footage of the airstrikes in Iraq and Syria at the fragile moment for Iran nuclear talks, according to CNBC. All right, we got Associated Press five hours ago. I'm sure they'll give us the whole fucking story. U.S. troops in Syria attacked after airstrikes on militias. I should get this on the computer so it's easier for me to put it in the podcast. Untenable, untenable, unwinnable. Let's see. Why don't I get the same results on the internet as I do on the phone? That's quite odd. Anyway. Oh, wait, here it is. I got it. I got it. All right, Robert Burns and Lolita C. Balder wrote this yesterday. U.S. troops in eastern Syria came under rocket attack Monday with no reported casualties. One day after U.S. Air Force planes carried out airstrikes near the Iraq-Syria border against what the Pentagon said were facilities used by Iran-backed militia groups to support drone strikes inside Iraq. Iraq's military condemned the U.S. airstrikes and the militia groups called for revenge against the United States. That's where we're at. Pentagon Press Secretary John Kirby said the militias were used using the facilities to launch unmanned aerial vehicle attacks against U.S. troops in Iraq. It's almost like they don't want you there. It was the second time the administration has taken military action in the region since Biden took over earlier this year. Yes, we did this episode in February. There was no indication that Sunday's attacks were meant as the start of a wider, sustained U.S. air campaign in in the border region. But a spokesman for the U.S. military mission based in Baghdad, Colonel Wayne Murato, wrote on Twitter Monday that at 7.44 p.m. local time, U.S. forces in Syria were attacked by multiple rockets. Nobody was killed or injured, but that's beside the point. He said there were no injuries and that attack damage was being assessed. Murato later tweeted that while under rocket attack, U.S. forces in Syria responded in self-defense with artillery fire at the rocket-launching positions. Kirby said the U.S. military targeted three operational and weapons storage facilities, two in Syria and one in Iraq. In its release of videos of the strikes by Air Force F-15, and it's funny, they were just talking about F-15s. I mean, you, you know, the U.S. president was when he was saying that Um, And I'll link that, I guess. (laughs) When he said that, you know, in terms of gun control and everything, the Second Amendment and whatnot, that they would have to have nuclear weapons and F-15s to compare to the U.S. military. So if we wanted to overthrow the government, that's what we would need, basically. Or it would not happen. Good to know. Anywho, Kirby said, oh wait, hold on, uh, Air Force F-15 and F-16 aircraft, the Pentagon described one target as a coordination center for the shipment and transfer of 
advanced conventional weapons. How can they be advanced if they're conventional? But okay. Kirby said the airstrikes were defensive. I don't know how you would term that correctly in this case, but I guess they have their legal justification, as Jen Psaki put it, the press secretary of the, the White House, in a press conference today that infuriated me to no end, mainly because the um, shitty press was talking about the infrastructure bill a whole lot more than the airstrikes. Anyway, defensive. Say they were launched in response to the attacks by militias that didn't cause any injuries and are the attacks are being assessed at the moment. The United States took necessary, appropriate, and deliberate action designed to limit the risk of escalation, but also to send a clear and um, ambiguous deterrent message, Kirby said. The Pentagon said the facilities were used by Iran-backed militia factions, including Katayib Hezbollah, Katayib Saeed al-Shahada, sorry, I'll try that again, and Katayib Saeed al-Shahada. A, a Pentagon spokeswoman, Navy commander Jessica Minolti, said, Monday that each strike hit its intended target and that the U.S. military was still assessing the results of the operation. The targets selected were facilities utilized by the network of Iran-backed militia groups responsible for the series of recent attacks against facilities housing U.S. personnel in Iraq, she said. She said those groups have conducted at least five such one-way drone strikes, drone attacks since April. Secretary of State Anthony Blinken, speaking to reporters in Roma Monday, said Biden has been cleared that the U.S. will act to protect American personnel. This action in self-defense, not what that is at all, to do what's necessary to do to prevent further attacks. See, I have to attack you before you attack me and before we attack each other. We have to go back and forth attacking each other. So we can't attack each other anymore. I'm going to have some water. Mm. Not the best water. Um, I think sends a very important and strong message that you suck and you're horrible. And I hope very much that it is received. Oh, it's received. I think we've demonstrated with the actions taken last night and actions taken previously that the president is fully prepared to act and act inappropriately. Oh, sorry. Appropriately in his words, and deliberately to protect us, or, you know, foreign interests. Two Iraqi militia officials told the Associated Press in Baghdad that four militiamen were killed in the airstrikes near the border with Syria. Both spoke on condition of anonymity, so we don't know what the fuck is going on, because they were not authorized to give statements. They said the first strike hit a weapons storage facility inside Syrian territory where the militiamen were killed. The second strike hit the border strip. The Syrian Observatory for Human Rights. They're not always right about shit, but okay. A Britain-based group. Yes, Britain. <laughs> that closely monitors the Syrian conflict from Britain through activists on the ground. 
in Britain. No, I'm just kidding. Uh, reported that at least seven Iraqi militiamen were killed in the airstrikes. The Iran-backed Iraqi militia factions vowed revenge for the attack and said in a joint statement they would continue to target U.S. forces. You know, I don't know if this is such a great idea, Biden's people, because he didn't have anything to do with it. He probably didn't even know what was happening. This doesn't seem like a great idea, but let's go for further. We will avenge the blood of our righteous martyrs against the perpetrators of this heinous crime. And with God's help, we will make the enemy taste the bitterness of revenge, they said. The popular mobilization forces, an Iraqi state-sanctioned umbrella of mostly Shiite militias, including those targeted by the U.S. strikes, said their men were on missions to prevent infiltration by the Islamic State group and denied the presence of weapons warehouses. Who can you believe? Iraq's military condemned the strikes as a blatant and unacceptable violation of Iraqi sovereignty and national security. It called for avoiding escalation, but also rejected that Iraq be an arena for settling accounts, a reference to the U.S. and Iran. It represented rare condemnation by the Iraqi military of U.S. airstrikes. In Iran, foreign ministry spokesman Saeed Katibzadeh, sorry, accused the U.S. of creating instability in the region. Definitely what the U.S. is doing is disrupting the security of the region, he said on Monday. U.S. military officials have grown increasingly alarmed over drone strikes targeting U.S. military bases in Iraq, which became more common since a U.S.-directed drone killed Iranian General Qasim Soleimani near the Baghdad airport last year, which everyone was cheering for at the time. Iraqi militia leader Abu Mahdi al-Muhandis was also killed in the attack. The strike drew the ire of mostly Shiite Iraqi lawmakers and pr prompted para Paramount. <laughs> I'm sure they'll make a movie about it, sure. Uh, the prompted Parliament to pass a non-binding resolution to pressure the Iraq government to oust foreign troops from the country. It's almost like they don't want them there. Like the U.S. military. Why would you not want the U.S. military to completely destroy your country and then take it over for years and years and years? Like, why would you, why would you be against that? That's just silly. Sunday strikes mark the second time the Biden administration launched, launched airstrikes along the Iraqi-Syria border region. In February, flashback, the U.S. launched airstrikes against facilities in Syria near the Iraqi border that it said were used by Iraqi, Iranian-backed militia groups, which everyone just believed, of course, just like they're doing now. The Pentagon said those strikes were retaliation for a rocket attack in Iraq earlier that month that killed one civilian contractor and wounded a U.S. service member and other coalition troops. At that time, Biden said Iran should view this, his decision to authorize U.S. airstrikes in Syria as a warning that it can expect consequences for its support of militia groups that threaten U.S. interests. Interests. I love that word. Or personnel. 
Interest is first because people don't matter. They're cannon fodder. It's the interest that matters. You can't act with impunity. Be careful, Biden said when a reporter asked what message he had intended to send. Neither can you, though. <laughs> I love how that doesn't apply to you. Love that. Love everything that's happening. So fun. I'm super sarcastic this episode. I don't know if you noticed, but I'm so over it. <laughs> I've been, like, dreading this episode all day. Fucking A. But, you know, we're here. We're here. We're having fun. Brittany, free her. Free Britain. Brittany. Free Britney, free all of the slaves of the music industry. I'm just going to change the subject immediately to that. Because I'm sure other people would rather me talk about that than the military-industrial complex doing what it does. Every single fucking time. So, I have not heard this Britney statement that happened where she was recorded and it was leaked out of this court hearing. So I thought, you know, maybe we give that a little look-see and do a little um, <clears throat> little reaction video of that for you guys. These are so sweet. Oh, dear me. Okay, let me look it up. This is on the off the cuff because I did not expect to listen to this or react to it. But let me check it out. Everybody's talking about it. I wanted to save it. Oh, it's really long. I'm gonna listen to a specific part of it then. <laughs> Let's just choose a part. <laughs> okay, I'm on the thing. Let me go to the end. We're skipping to the end. I will understand from 10 on, I guess. Here we go. Here she is. Since I've owned my money and it's my wish and my dream for all of this to end without being tested. Again, it makes no sense whatsoever. She for sounds the state nasal. Of to sit back and literally watch me with their own two eyes make a living for so many people and pay so many people trucks and buses on on the road with me and be told I'm not good enough. But I'm great at what I do, and I allow these people to control what I do, ma'am, and it's enough. It makes no sense at all. Now, going forward, I'm not willing to meet or see anyone I've met with enough people against my will. She I'm sounds done. like she's cried all a lot. to own my money for this to end and my boyfriend <clears throat> um, to drive me in his fucking car. And I would honestly like to sue my family, to be totally honest with you. Mm. Um, I also would like to be able to short my there. story with the world and um, what they did to me instead of it being a hush-hush secret to benefit all of them. I want to be able to be heard on what they did to me by making me keep this in for so long. It's not good for my heart. I've been so angry and I cry every day. It concerns me. I'm told I'm not allowed to expose the people who did this to me. She's for my so sanity, lucky. I need you to the judge to approve me. Do, be, do an interview where I can be heard on what they did to me. And actually, I have the right to use my voice and take up for myself. My attorney says I can't... Um, it's not good. I can't let the public know anything they did to me. And by not saying anything, Creepy. It's saying it's okay. I, I don't know what I said here. It's not okay. I would rush. Actually, I don't want to interview. I'd much rather just have an open call to you for the press to hear, which I didn't know today we're doing. So thank you. Instead of having an interview, honestly, I need that to get it off my heart, the anger and all of it that, that, um, that's, that's been happening. 
it's not fair they're telling me lies about me openly even my family they do interviews to anyone they want on news stations my own family doing interviews and talking about the situation and making me feel so stupid and i can't say one thing this is not just like an isolated incident it's been two years i want to record this happens to so many fucking kids they start out they don't know any better they sign the contracts and then this happens they get fucked over by their parents by the industry he told me I should keep it to myself, really. I would personally like to... Actually, I know I've, I've had grown with a personal relationship with Sam, my lawyer. I've been talking to him, like, three times um, a week now. We've kind of built a relationship, but can pick the, my own lawyer by myself. Um, and I would like to be able That's to That's interesting. That. Um, I would like to um, also... They, they pick your lawyers for you. The conservatorship without having to be evaluated. I've done a lot of research, ma'am, and there's a lot of judges who do in conservatorships for people without them having to be evaluated all the time. The only times they don't is if a concerned family member says something's wrong with this person and consider um, and other otherwise. And considering my family has lived off my conservatorship for 13 years, I won't be surprised if one Damn. of them has, has something to say and go forward and say... We don't think this should end. We have to help her, especially if I get my fair servant turning, exposing what they did to me. Also, I want to speak to you. What about did they do? My obligations. Let her say. I personally don't think at the very moment I owe anybody anything. I have three meetings a week I have to attend no matter what. I just don't like feeling like I work for the people whom I pay. I don't like being told I have to no matter what. That's everyone, though. Jody, the conservator, says I... Um, I have to see my coach Ken even when I'm sick. I would like to do one meeting a week with a therapist. I've never in before, <laughs> even before they sent me to that place, had two therapy sessions. Um, a therapy one, well, a therapy session and one therapy session with um, my. I have a doctor and then a therapy person. She sounds really um, what scared. What I'm forced to do illegal in my life, I shouldn't be told I have to be available three times a week to these people I don't know. I'm talking to you today because I feel again, yes, even Jody is starting to kind of take it too far with me. They have me going to therapy twice a week and a psychiatrist. I don't trust people with what I've been through. And the clever setup of being in Westlake, one of the most exposed places in Westlake, which today, yesterday, paparazzi showed me coming out of the place literally crying um, in therapy. It's embarrassing and it's demoralizing. I deserve privacy when I go. I deserve privacy when I go and have therapy either at my home, like I've done for eight years. They've always come to my home. Or um, when the Dr. Benson, the guy, the man that died, um, I went to a place similar to what I went to in Westlake, which was very exposed and really bad. Um, Okay, so wait, where was I? It was like, it's, I, it was identical to Dr. Bezbo, who died, the one who illegally, yes, 100% abused me by the treatment he gave me to. And to be totally honest with you, mm. I was so... Excuse me for interrupting you, but my reporter says if you could just slow down a little bit, because she's trying to make sure she gets everything that you're saying. Okay, cool. So, so okay. Be slow down. So we can get everything you're saying. It's is identical to Dr. Benson, who died, the one who illegally, yes, 100% abused me by the treatment he gave me. And to be totally honest with you, when he passed away, I got on my knees and thank God. In other words, my team is pushing, pushing it with me again. I have trapped phobias being in small rooms because the trauma locking me up in, for four months in that place is not okay for them to send me, sorry, I'm going fast, to that small room like that. Twice a week with another new therapist I pay that I never even approved. I don't like it. I don't want to do that. 
and I haven't done anything wrong to deserve this treatment. It's not okay to force me to do anything I don't want to do. By law, by law, Jody and this so-called team should honestly, I should be able to sue them for threatening me and saying, if I don't go and do these meetings twice a week, we, can, we can't let you have your money and go to Maui on your vacations. You have to do what you're told for this program, and then you will be able to go. You had me until Maui. One of the most exposed I mean, I get it, but in Westlake. maybe no, don't mention that. hot topic of the conservatorship that over five paparazzis are going to show up and get me crying coming out of that place. I begged them to make sure that they did this at my home so I would have privacy. I deserve privacy. The whole conservatorship from the beginning, once um, the conservatorship, the conservatorship from the beginning, once you see someone, whoever it is in the conservatorship, making money, making them money and myself money and working that whole that whole statement right there the conservatorship should end there should be no i shouldn't be in a conservatorship if i can work and provide money and work for myself and pay other people it makes no sense the laws need to change what state allows people to own another person's money and account and threaten them and saying you can't spend your money unless you do what we want you to do and i'm paying them ma'am i've worked since i was that is bullshit you have to understand how thin that is for me every morning I get up to know I can't go on somewhere unless I meet people I don't know every week in an office identical to the one where the therapist was very abusive to me. I truly believe this conservatorship is abusive. And now we can sit here all day and say, oh, conservatorships are here to help people. But ma'am, there's a thousand conservatorships that are abusive as well. I don't feel like I can have live a full life. I don't owe... I don't owe them to go see a man I don't know and share him my problems. I don't even believe in therapy. I always think you take it to God. Oh, dear. I want to end the conservatorship without being evaluated. In the meantime, I want this therapist um, once a week. God is my therapist. Um, No, I just want him to come to my home. I'm not willing to go to Westlake and be embarrassed by all these paparazzi the scummy paparazzi laughing at my faces while I'm crying, coming out and taking my pictures. They are and fucking these, the worst. Um, white, nice dinners with people drinking wine at restaurants, watching Leeches. these places. They set me up by sending me to the most exposed places. places, And I told them I didn't want to go there because I knew um, paparazzi would show up there. Um, uh, they only gave me two options for therapists, and I'm not sure how you make your decisions, ma'am, but this is the only chance for me to talk to you for a while. I need your your help. So if you can just kind of let me know where your head is, I I don't really honestly know what to say, but my requests are just to end the conservatorship without being evaluated. I I want a petition basically to end the conservatorship, but I I want it to be petitioned to end it, but I don't want to be evaluated and be sat in a room with people four hours a day like they did me before. And they made it even worse for me after that happened. So I just, I, I, I'm honestly new at this and I'm doing research on all these things. I do know common sense and the method that things can end. It, for people, it has ended without them being evaluated. So I just want you to take that in consideration. I've also done research. Um, um, wait, also took a year during COVID to get me any self-care methods during COVID. She said there were no services available. She's lying, Mom, ma'am. My mom went to the spa twice in Louisiana during COVID. For a year, I didn't have my nails done, no hairstyling and no massages, no acupuncture, nothing Yikes. for a year. <laughs> I saw the maids in my home each week with their nails done 
different each time. She made me feel like my dad does. Very similar, her behavior and my dad, but just a different dynamic. Team wants me to work and stay home instead of having longer vacations. They they are used to me sort of doing a weekly routine for them, and I'm over it. I don't feel like I owe them anything at this point. They need to be reminded they actually work for me. They trick me by sending me to the... Okay, I repeated myself there. Um, Okay, um... Um, I think she's wrapping it up. Also, I was supposed to be able to um, have a friend that I used to do AA meetings with. I did AA for two years. I have like, you know, um, I did three meetings a week. You know, I met a bunch of um, women there and I'm not able to see my friends that live eight minutes away from me, which I find extremely strange. Um, I, I feel like they're making me feel like I live in a rehab program. This is my home. Um, I'd like for my boyfriend to be able to drive me in his car, um, and I want to meet with a therapist once a week, not twice a week, and I want him to come to my home, because I actually know I do need a little therapy. Um, I was told... um, We all need a little therapy. But then she's kind of going against what she said before. I would like to progressively move forward, and I want to have the real deal. I want to be able to get married and have a baby. I was told right now in the conservatorship I'm not able to get married or have a baby i have a id inside of myself right now so i don't get pregnant i wanted to take the id out iud start trying to have another baby i'm pretty sure she means iud so-called team won't let me go to the doctor to take it out because they they don't want me to have children any more children depopulation so basically this conservatorship is doing me way more harm than good um I, w- I deserve to have a life. I've worked my whole life. I deserve to have a two to three year break and just, you know, do what I want to do. Um, but I do feel like um, there is a crunch here. And I feel like um, I feel open and I'm okay to talk to you today about it. But I, I wish I could stay with you on the phone forever because when I get off the phone with you, all of a sudden, all of I hear, I hear all these no's. No, no, no. And then all of a sudden I get I feel ganged up on and I feel bullied and I feel left out and alone. And I'm tired of feeling alone. I deserve to have the same rights as anybody does by having a child, a family, any of those things, and more so. Um and that's all I wanted to say to you and thank you so much for letting me speak to you today. And I guess that wraps it all up. But like What's happening with her has happened with so many celebrities in the entertainment industry and even more so in the music industry where you're just a product mainly from when you get into the business and if you're 15 or 16 and you get in the business your parents are in charge they sell you off most of the time to a label that overworks you and pretty much puts you in bondage so it's a sad situation and there's there's this th- the thing with taylor swift and everything that happened with her getting fucked over by that douchebag uh what's his face scooter braun but you just you sign away your rights when you sign the contract and that's why it's important that people know that you can be independent in the music industry and still make it big i mean not make it big but like you have more power in the situation and you are less likely to die at 20 before 27 i think um that's been proven at this point 
Unless you like, you know, if you're into drugs and whatever already, then it's just going to be, it's just going to be magnified like a hundred percent or whatever I'm trying to say. <laughs> just a lot. I didn't expect to like put that in the pod, but <laughs> it's there. It's, it's because it's important because these children are abused at an early age and put into a, an industry that they don't understand with predators, whether they're sexual or just like abusive towards them emotionally, it takes a toll. And I think it's great that Britney Spears has been speaking out against this because it's something that needs to be talked about just as much as the Gillen Maxwell and the Jeffrey Epstein stuff. Like this shit just should not be happening. It's absolutely ridiculous. But the thing about God being her therapist or whatever is like, then she said, you know, I do need therapy or something like I want therapy at the end, but she said she didn't believe in therapy. So I think that's a lot of people, they make contradictions and stuff when they're talking about their treatment. But I have found personally that therapy is very good for me, if only to get the word out on what's happening in the world, because that's what I use it for. (laughs) I'm a weirdo. So I basically do a podcast every episode. I mean, every time I talk to my therapist it's a it's a podcast episode so I guess I wanted to get into other than the celebrity business I mean I just wanted to go into celebrity stuff a little bit because it's been so long since I've really tackled pop culture stuff and like movies and shit like fun stuff like there's nothing really fun right now because like everything that's in the movie theater is just a shitty sequel or not so shitty sequel like who was waiting? You know, just raise your hand if you were ra- if you were waiting with bated breath for the Peter Rabbit story to continue in part two. And then COVID ruined everything. <laughs> just raise your hand right now, or you know, like this or whatever. Um, I thought that was an interesting movie poster when I was looking at the show times. They were just like, "We're finally out." <laughs> I'm like, you're not the movie to say that, sweetie. I'm sorry. Nobody was waiting on this movie. I don't think. I don't think it was a big hit. The people were just clamoring for it and like lined up around the block to see what happened to Peter Rabbit. I only know Peter Cottontail. I'm very confused. I don't know the Peter Rabbit character. There's a lot of Peters, apparently. I know Peter Pan. I don't really know that guy. I do know that I have no interest in seeing Fast 9. <laughs> How many fasts are we going to have? I need a fast from the Fast and the Furious franchise, please. Could we just have some time away from it? Just a few years, like 10 years tops. And then we can have 10, see? Um, if we make it that far, which we shall maybe do Maybe we'll all be living in pods, but it'll still be interesting. Uh, On that note, I guess Harvey Weinstein's coming back to face the music in L.A. soon. I don't remember when he's coming back. I should be aware of his presence, though. Let's check it out. We'll do some research. Harvey Weinstein. Give you the update on him. In case you were wondering, which I know you all were. Oh, that's fun. Ah, 
There's a Harvey Weinstein opera in the works in Ireland. That is so fun. Oh my gosh, Broadway world? Yes, let's go. Let's have a fucking Broadway play about, you know, rape. Sounds great, right? Let's monetize every fucking thing. I don't even care anymore. It's titled, this, you cannot make this shit. Like, I just look up one thing and it leads me to this shit. I, I don't even know anymore. I guess I'll read it. Broadwayworld.com. An opera based on the trial of Harvey Weinstein could come to New York. When's the, when's, when's the Epstein trial? When's the Gillen Maxwell trial? That one's happening right now. We got to see that one in action. My gosh, it is in Northern Ireland at the Belfast Ensemble. By the Belfast Ensemble in Ireland. Dear me, the trial of Harvey Weinstein, an opera. How, Im- how, how would you react if you were one of the accusers in that case in New York? And... They put an opera on about the court proceedings. How would you react? Would you be like, okay, as long as I get a cut, right? I, I'm flummoxed. (laughs) Why is everything monetized? First they did like the Vow, the fucking Nexium movie. There's always a movie based on this shit. Anytime something fucked up happens in Hollywood. You can count on Hollywood to tell you all about it in their own little uh, propaganda film. I can't wait for the John McAfee story. That's going to be interesting. We'll get to that in a minute. Anyway, (laughs) this is happening. Um, Oh wait, it may be coming to New York City. Good luck. Yes, let's bring it there. I am full of sarcasm and joy. Wow. Titled The Trial of Harvey Weinstein and Opera will soon be staged by the Belfast Ensemble in Northern Ireland. And director Co- Connor Mitchell has his sights set on bringing it to New York. The White Way. I forgot how to say that word. The term. The Great White Way. There are barking. There's barking in the background, but ignore it. I am to my heart's content. There are conversations about taking it somewhere off the beaten track in New York, but it is very early days still, Mitchell said. I think New York City would be its natural home. The opera is set to a premiere at the Belfast International Arts Festival in October. Why? Rehearsals are scheduled to begin on in September. Let's hope COVID comes back. Sorry. What? I shouldn't say that. I really shouldn't say I'm sorry. But we have the Delta variant. We're going to talk about that. Oh my gosh. Oh my fucking goodness. <laughs> oh man. If they kill this trial opera, I'm going to be so sad. Oh. And do you have to be vaccinated to watch the trial of Harvey Weinstein opera? Kill me. Okay, don't. That is not a request. 
Mitchell wrote the music himself. He really wanted to get that payday. And we'll take the libretto directly from the six women who testified against Weinstein during his 2020 New York City trial. The production won't be a typical courtroom drama. I mean, it's a musical, right? And <laughs> there will be no actor in the Weinstein role. Huh? <laughs> okay. He says, In a way, I don't care about him. I care about the effect of his actions on other people and making a buck on it. Mitchell said, he didn't say that part. I added that. The ability of music to express that. One of the main arguments of the piece is where can music express what is not said here? It's not a present... It's not a representation of court case, but a piece of art that responds to the women's statements. It's not a physical recreation of events. This is about taking the words, fragments of the statements without creating named characters or representing a person on stage. It's about the text becoming music. Well, that sounds even more annoying and not fun. (laughs) Producer Harvey Weinstein he should produce, actually. Um, faced trial in early 2020 after being accused of rape, sexual misconduct, and sexual abuse by over 100 women, six of which testified against him. On February 24, 2020, the jury found him guilty of rape in the third degree and a, a criminal sex act, sexual act in the first degree. He was sentenced to 23 years in prison on March 11, 2020. This is not in bad taste. Anyone who tells you that this is in bad taste is an idiot. Because this is just Broadway. Just leave it alone. Oh, fuck me. Okay, so when we get past the opera... Oh, look, his his ex is dating again. That's fun. Love that for her. Move on. Love that. Uh, there's... Here it is. Okay. IBT, International Business Times. I'm looking at that one from the date 6-15-21. So this is old news, but I'm bringing it to you live here. Live. (laughs) I'll bring it to you now. Disgraced film producer Harvey Weinstein to be extradited from New York to L.A. to face sexual assault charges. Sex assault charges, but sexual assault. But they said sex assault, as if that's a thing. Um, Disgraced Hollywood film producer... Harvey Weinstein, who is serving a 23-year prison sentence for rape and sexual assault, can be extradited to California to stand trial on additional sexual assault charges, a New York judge ruled Tuesday of that week. (laughs) Judge, I guess I have a calendar. I could say which day it is. It is Tuesday, the 15th. Okay. Judge Kenneth Case said there was no reason to delay the 69-year-old's transfer. Didn't he get COVID, too? He got COVID once. It it somehow didn't take him down. He has the worst immune system probably in Hollywood, but it did not take him down. Interesting. Anyway, Weinstein's legal team had claimed that L.A. prosecutors did not properly fill out paperwork, an argument the case rejected. Weinstein's legal team said they will appeal. Weinstein's lawyer had requested to keep him at maximum security Wende, Wende, Wende Correctional Facility near Buffalo to receive proper medical care. Appearing on video from the jail, Weinstein placed his hands on his head after hearing Case's decision. 
Harvey Weinstein's reaction to hearing he'll be extradited to L.A. to face more charges is LOL, says Twitter. <laughs> like, what did you think was going to happen, pendejo? I don't know. Daily Laney, thank you for that uh, piece of wisdom from your Twitter account. L.A. prosecutors plan to extradite Weinstein between late June and mid-July. So it's good timing on me giving you this information. Because it should be any minute now. Weinstein, who was convicted in New York in February 2020, reminder, was indicted on 11 counts of sexual assault in L.A. County in January 2020 for attacks on five women from 2004 to 2013. Weinstein's team has long noted that he has significant medical issues. He has seen he was seen using a walker in February 2020, much like Bill Cosby was just so out of it during his trial and was taken to a hospital due to heart palpitations and high blood pressure from being really fucking fat he also reportedly suffers from type 2 diabetes from being really fucking fat and his legal team says he is nearly blind I don't think that has to do with his fatness Weinstein's attorney said he would not receive adequate medical care at a jail in California Prisons are designed for long-term incarceration. Jails are not, Weinstein's attorney said. I love how we don't know who that attorney is. Doesn't matter who, what their name is. Erie County Assistant District Attorney Colleen Gable dismissed the assertion. It's not like this is some remote outpost without medical care, she said. L.A. has some of the best medical care in not only this country, but the world. Then we got some more tweets. And that's about it. So that's the update on Harvey Weinstein. Coming back to California. But not to make a movie. Although eventually he probably will. <laughs> no, he won't. Because he, he will die eventually. Is Harvey Weinstein still alive? The son? Yes, the son. He is still alive. <laughs> that's a dumb question. Let's just check in on Gillen while we're at it. Let's be fair and see how her trial's going. Gillen Maxwell. We all know her. Let's see what the news is here. Because you got to look up the news yourself. You're not going to get it on Twitter and Facebook and Instagram and all that shit. Where's Gillen Maxwell today? I believe she's in prison. She should be. Um, Gillen Maxwell loses bid to ban de- depositions from jail. This is good news. From the Independent. Greg Grazl. I don't know how to say your name. Anyway. Socialite? They called her a socialite again. I'm gonna vomit. <laughs> Fuck you. Alright. And he's a, an American financier still. Stop. Just fucking stop. Accused sex trafficker Gilly Maxwell, who has had... Not who has had her request to block prosecutors from using interviews she gave during her November sex trafficking trial in her upcoming criminal trial rejected by a U.S. district judge. According to the, U- according to the Associated Press, Judge Allison J. Nathan denied her lawyer's request to keep the interviews out of her upcoming trial in which she has pleaded not guilty to charges alleging she recruited four teenage girls between 1994 and 2004 for Jeffrey Epstein to sexually abuse. 
I th- I believe she was also accused of sexually abusing them herself, which is why she doesn't want those interviews released, but we're not seeing that in this article, amazingly. The judge ruled that Miss Maxwell's lawyer will have time to recommend redactions in the interviews that they feel may be necessary to protect their client, as they always do. Miss Maxwell has been jailed since her arrest last July and has filed several attempts to pay a bond for release which have all been denied. Judge Nathan has ruled in each case that Miss Maxwell would pose a flight risk if she was allowed to post bail. Her lawyers claim that she has been subjected to raw sewage, water deprivation, and hyper-surveillance while in jail. This is, she is in a special confinement section of the Metropolitan Detention Center in Brooklyn to ensure her safety until her trial. Epstein was incarcerated in the same facility and was found dead after an apparent suicide in 2019, but that's not related. Don't worry about that too much. The British socialite, she's just a socialite, and Epstein's girlfriend was Epstein's girlfriend and is accused of luring girls into his employ who were then sexually abused by the financier. I'm using an English accent because this is the independent. Her lawyers filed the request to block the interviews in an attempt to dismiss two perjury counts stemming from her answers to questions during depositions in 2016 regarding Epstein accuser Virginia Jeffrey. She was charged with perjury for saying, I don't know what you're talking about, when asked if, a, if Epstein had a scheme to recruit underage girls for sexual massages. In another instance, she was charged for saying she did not remember if she was aware of the presence of sex toys at Epstein's home in Palm Beach, Florida, and for saying she did not know if Epstein had engaged in sexual activities with anyone other than herself. Redacted version of Miss Maxwell's depositions were released to the public by Miami Herald. Miss Maxwell's lawyers claim that she answered the questions under the understanding that a court-approved agreement would keep the evidence within confidential. An upcoming British documentary, Gillen Maxwell, Epstein's Shadow, reveals through court documents that Miss Maxwell was using her influence as a British socialite to build Epstein's network of powerful associates since the 1980s. Miss Maxwell's trial has been scheduled to begin on 29 November, which is hilarious because it was supposed to be this fucking month, or no, this month coming up, July, and then it keeps getting delayed and delayed and delayed and delayed over and over and over again. Funny that. In other sex cult news, (laughs) Allison Mack has come out saying that the Nexium sex cult is the biggest regret of her life ahead of her sentencing. So let's applaud her for finally figuring that out. Um, in other news, you might have heard about this whole vaccination campaign that they had in the government, the U.S. government, where... Um, They had a goal of 70% vaccinated people, I think fully vaccinated people, 
Uh, is it partially or fully? I should probably check. Let me check. Checky check. Get one of these tabs that it doesn't have an article that I have to cite. Because you can't make a fucking mistake. You have to back up what you say with facts. With articles from mainstream media news sources. That's all they will accept. The authoritative people. <laughs> the people at Google. The people at uh, wherever. Twitter. Anyway, what were we doing? Oh yeah, vaccination. Vaccination goal. Let's look at that. I'm sure it's all up and down here. Oh dear. Okay, at least one shot in 70% of adults is what he wanted. Well, he ain't getting it. Sad thing. Because as it turns out, these vaccines aren't that great. And people are seeing the side effects or the adverse effects. And people are not so happy about it. And unfortunately, the myocarditis cases keep coming in. We're like 300 last time when CDC was looking into it after the, the big weekend with Juneteenth they decided to go back to work and they said you know what let's put a warning warning myocarditis if you get the Pfizer or the Moderna but don't worry about it it's not likely to kill you so you'll be alright don't worry Let's look that up. See what the FDA adds a warning to COVID-19 mRNA. Let's go to well. There's this article from um, USA Today. There's an authoritative uh, news source for you. Federal officials have confirmed 323 cases, it was to 323, so over 300, of heart inflammation in people ages 12 through 29 who've gotten either the Pfizer-BioNTech or Moderna COVID-19 vaccine at rates slightly higher than in those who did not receive the vaccine. There were no deaths among the 323. And having COVID-19 remains much more dangerous than the race. They always say that. According to data from the CDC, and, and I don't want to hear about it. The facts are clear. This is an extremely rare side effect, and only an exceedingly small number of people will experience it after vaccination. Said a statement co-signed by the Department of Health and Human Services, which has a fucking stake in the vaccines. The CDC, which has a stake in the vaccines, and 15 medical, public health, and provider organizations, which I would gather probably have a stake in the vaccines. The condition called myocarditis is a swelling of the heart muscle and can include pericarditis and inflammation of the outer lining of the heart. Both can cause chest pain, shortness of breath, and heart palpitations. The discovery of the slight increase in cases of myocarditis among young people is an indication of how well the God damn it, vaccine surveillance system works, 
said Dr. Grace Lee, a member of the ACIP committee, don't know what that is, and a professor of pediatrics at Stanford University Medical School. Just some random doctor. There is continuous and ongoing monitoring of vaccine safety for all vaccinations in the U.S. They don't mention that the system that they use for that is VAERS, and VAERS is run by General Dynamics through a contract with the government and the organization. And then also... Families are having trouble getting autopsies when their loved ones die after getting the vaccination. So it's not all rainbows and butterflies with these vaccine safety protocols and uh, surveillance procedures and whatnot. There have been previous reports of slightly higher rates of myocarditis among people who've received the vaccines. The CDC provided the latest latest uh, available data to its panel Wednesday. And this is from, what day is this? 23rd, the June 23rd. The Pfizer, BioNTech, and Moderna vaccines are both two-dose mRNA vaccines. Higher rates of myocarditis have not been reported among those receiving the one-dose Johnson & Johnson vaccine, which is made using a different platform. The very rare side effect resulted, resulted, resolved on its own, and patients generally recover from the symptoms and did well after paying out of pocket for medical assistance, I'm sure. It's a shame you can't send the medical bills to the CDC and the FDA and everything. I guess not the FDA, but like the CDC and the WHO or whatever. Whoever's like making it possible for you to get this shit the hospital that you had it in, whatever, should be able to pay for whatever damage it does. But that doesn't happen, and they're uh, indemnified legally. Like, you cannot sue these big pharma companies for giving you adverse reactions that make you broke. (laughs) Like, if they don't kill you, they're going to bleed you dry of cash. Of the 323... Confirmed cases of myocarditis as of June 11th, 309 were hospitalized. Again, medical care. They needed medical care for a safe and effective procedure. And 295 were discharged. What happened to the other ones? The median time for hospitalization was one, to- one day, said Shimaburkuro. I must have missed when they came in to the article, but okay. There were no deaths. They keep they keep saying that. There's nobody who's dead yet. Let's just find out if we get a dead one pretty soon, and then we'll do everything we can to stop this. It doesn't matter if you're not dead, unless it's COVID that kills less than 1% of the people who get it. Funny how that works out for them, math-wise. Nine people were still hospitalized, and there was no data on the outcome of five patients. So how come you? So how could you know if they were dead or not if you don't know the outcome of those five patients? Make it make sense. 
the risk versus reward calculation is obvious. They keep saying this shit. The risk versus reward. Well, I risked getting COVID and I got it. And the reward is immunity, long-lasting immunity, which is a study that I've already shared with you guys, but from nature.com. And it said that most likely you get at least six months of immunity plus could be up to a year could be even more than that because the SARS immunity has gone up to like 17 years anyway then they talk about the children because they really want the children to get this vaccine so they're they're shoving it in their faces now according to the voluntary self-reporting vaccine adverse event reporting system VAERS The rate of myocarditis among adolescents 12 through 17 who received a COVID-19 vaccine was 1.8 per 100,000. For boys, it was 3.2 per 100,000. So it's affecting more men or boys than it is girls. Adolescents 12 and up have been allowed to get the Pfizer-BioNTech vaccine since May 10th. Moderna is authorized only for people 18 and older. And we had a situation where a a girl was 15 who was given Moderna, don't know fucking how, and she died. So just putting that out there. That's in VAERS too. Getting COVID-19 is much more dangerous than the possibility of getting myocarditis, says some other person who works in an immunization field. Like, of course she's going to say that. That's her business. Uh, Among vaccinated boys ages 12 through 17, 56 to 69 myocarditis cases might occur for each million second doses of vaccine, she told the committee. Among unvaccinated boys in that age group, getting vaccinated would prevent 5,700. This is stitched together because I had a fucking glitch. Amazingly, talking about vaccines on a podcast. What do you know? Anyway, let me finish that sentence. I'll start it over. Among vaccinated boys ages 12 through 17, 56 to 69, myocarditis cases might occur for each million second doses of vaccine, she told the committee. Among unvaccinated boys in that age group, getting vaccinated would prevent 5,700 COVID-19 cases. That in turn would prevent 215 hospitalizations, 71 intensive care unit admissions and two deaths, she said. And before... I got interrupted by my shitty audacity. You have the audacity to interrupt me? Okay. Program. I was saying how that is something that she just made up because you can't possibly know that that's the case. Since the beginning of the pandemic, 2,767 adolescents and young adults 12 to 29 years old have died from COVID-19. Since April 1st, 316 people in that age group age range have died so putting that together i looked up the numbers before and i did this whole thing before but i'm going to do it again <laughs> let's redo it um but i looked it up the covid live updates and it said that we're at six hundred and nineteen thousand five hundred ninety five deaths so that's 2767 less than three thousand deaths out of that and I don't think those numbers are very good for their case and 300 and something I guess you know let's see I don't know 
deaths. Hmm. Hard to know what's what's going on with the deaths nowadays. It's 208 worldwide, so that just doesn't really make sense to me. But go on, I guess. <sighs> sure. Those are the new deaths that I just looked at on the website. Okay. So then committee members expressed concern the myocarditis numbers might lead to fewer young people getting vaccinated boo -hoo -hoo, against COVID-19 when adolescents and young adults are an increasing proportion of cases and also the less, the least likely to be affected like long-term by COVID. By May 2021, young people made up 33% of all cases according to the CDC. That's factoring in the false positives and negatives in the PCR cycles and everything and, you know, pre-existing conditions and all that shit. The Food and Drug Administration admit it anticipates that it will add a warning sheet to the vaccines about the va side effect so health care providers know to be on the lookout for it, said Dr. Doran Fink in the FDA's Office of Vaccines Research and Review. Uh, that was the vaccination situation. The new thing is the Delta variant. I don't want to go too far into this. I'll just leave some fear-mongering articles or whatever for you to read at your leisure. But basically, we all need to get vaccinated. If we don't get vaccinated, we're all going to die from de Delta variant. The Alpha one skipped us. It's fine. But the Delta one is the one that we need to worry about. Delta plus in some situations, in some articles, is re referred to as. And just, you can do an exam, you know, you can check yourself before you wreck yourself, but you can check yourself what you get when you put in the search engine, Delta variant. It's all kinds of fear-mongering articles. You just choose one at your leisure. Again, um, more than 10 million Australians go under lockdown and fight against the Delta variant. They're already using it to lock down Australia again. Australia has been really fucked up throughout these lockdowns. And I feel for them so much because it's worse in Australia, let's be honest, than it is here in the U.S. Especially like California right now. It's not that bad. But they're, they're threatening California too. Like it's going to get bad. Two hours ago, Huffington Post said, citing Delta variant, LA County urges residents to wear masks inside again. So we're already talking about that shit again. You just took off your mask. You just went to the store for the first time in months. You're having a good time. Shut the fuck up. You're having a good time. That was a pop-up. And now they're like, okay, well, you have to put on your mask. Is anyone putting on their mask in the press conference room at the White House? No. Is anyone putting on their mask at the party that's coming up for the 4th of July? No. <laughs> different rules for different people. Um, we never took off our masks on the bus. We're not allowed to. So I guess reading this article is probably going to piss me off, but we should, we should get some information about it. Officials in LA County on Monday, this is very, brand new information urged res residents and again I was prepared for this I expected this to happen I did not get my hopes up on the mask thing I did not at all I did not get my hopes up that we weren't going to have the vaccine passport they're putting that off because they're going to continue the lockdown process and continue to have people comply 
Anyway, they urge residents to don masks once more when they are out inside public spaces, citing the rapid spread of the highly transmissible Delta variant of COVID-19 around the nation. How did it get here? We don't ask those questions. How COVID get here? We still don't know. Not 100% sure about it. <laughs> but I, I kind of am, but <laughs> I'm sure a lot of other people are as well, but the government would still have us believe something different. The updated guidance comes despite residents' vaccination status and reflects the seriousness of the strain, which has already become the dominant variant of the virus in the United Kingdom. So as soon as this shit goes on over here, it goes on over here, over there, or whatever. It goes on over there, comes over here, it com goes on over there, comes over there. It's, it's going to continue to do that because it's a global agenda. This is not something that's happening in one country that we have to be like, oh shit, it sucks to be there. No, it's coming here. We should be prepared for it. Sorry for the bummer. <laughs> Top health officials have predicted it will soon become the dominant strain in the U.S. too, because they want it to. The CDC said last week it currently makes up about 20% of newly diagnosed cases, up from 10, a 10% just a week prior. I'm going to put it out there. I'm probably going to be vilified for it. I'm, I'm a crazy crackpot. But you know what? Maybe the fucking Delta variant comes from the vaccinations. Maybe we'll find that out later that the virus came from the vaccine this time. Just like in a utopia. But I'm just saying, like, it's a possibility. It's something to think about. It's a theory. It doesn't mean anything yet. But I just want to get ahead of everything and say right here on June 28th, 2021, that I believe that it is possible, anything is possible, that the Delta variant came from the vaccinations rather than the virus of COVID-19. Or, probably more likely, it's not that bad, but they're putting it out as it's the worst thing ever. And to be careful. Like they put out all the propaganda in 1976 regarding the swine flu, which never really happened. Which you had to get immunized from, which caused injuries. <laughs> Very similar to today. While COVID-19 vaccine provides... Did they miss a the? I think they missed a the, but whatever. Um, I'm not a reporter. I'm not a writer for Huffington Post. What do I know? While COVID-19 vaccine provides very effective protection preventing hospitalizations and deaths against the Delta variant, for some fucking reason, the strain is proving to be more transmissible and is expected to become more prevalent. Barbara Ferrer, who looks like shit, by the way, just saying, she's not the best health, she's not a picture of good health, is all I'm saying. Director of the LA County Department of Public Health said in the statement, mask, mask wearing remains an effective tool for reducing transmission, especially indoors where the virus may be easily spread through inhalation of aerosols emitted by an infected person. Like, no. If you're sick, wear a fucking mask. If you're not, don't. This, we, we did this for years, a year and a half and plus. It's not working. Texas is fine. Florida is fine. I think we can just stop with the mask hoax already. It's getting a 
little ridiculous and repetitive. Then they go on to say the, the Delta variant has now been found in 49 states ooh, and at least 85 countries because it's a worldwide public health agenda. Well, a globalist agenda disguised as a global health global public health agenda excuse me and the world health organization which cannot be trusted also said it was deeply worried about the strain this week because they want you to wear masks and do what they say and be locked down and they want to fuck up the economy and they want to put in the cashless society the fucking social credit system the microchip the vaccine passports that's just the beginning honestly State and local guidance shifts have recently allowed vaccinated Californians to remove their face coverings in most situations, although unvaccinated people are still required to wear them, and they don't, because the only people wearing masks in anywhere near I, near where I am are the vaccinated people, except maybe a couple of people. Public health officials noted Monday that fully vaccinated people appear to be well protected from infections with Delta variants, but added that those who have had just one shot are still at high risk. Just under 50% of Californians are fully vaccinated and about 61% have received at least one jab. Why are we using the word jab in the U.S.? My mother gets mad at me if I say jab instead of shot. Funny. They are really going full steam ahead with this Delta variant thing. It's so obvious when you, again, look it up and you'll see article after article after article, scaremongering, fearmongering, whatever you want to call it. Just like, worry about it, worry about it, worry about it. Everybody worry about this thing. We need you worried again. You're not worried enough. If you aren't fully vaccinated, your mask is one of the most powerful tools you have to protect yourself and other unvaccinated people, said the LA Department of Public Health Monday. This is especially true when you are in an indoor or crowded outdoor space and does not apply to the White House in any way, shape, or form. Or anyone with politicians, anywhere with politicians in, in, in the vicinity. G7 didn't apply there. They touched each other all throughout, shook hands. But it applies to us. It always applies to us. Infection rates and deaths from COVID-19 have fallen in recent months as the con country's vaccination program gained speed. That's their little... Um, it's funny how they can have two little things at the same time running together. Like, the vaccinations worked and COVID-19 deaths are down. But the Delta variant, fuck you you're screwed <laughs> like at the same time it's amazing and people fall for it that's the sad thing um and almost all of the u.s's deaths related to the pandemic are now among unvaccinated people we're the bad guys and even i, I there's no other data there to suggest that maybe it was like pre-existing conditions as i said before a million times or false positives or whatever the Associated Press reported last week that the Anthony Fauci, 
We couldn't go a whole episode without talking about him, could we? The top infectious diseases expert in the country urged Americans to get vaccinated when he warned the public about the Delta variant earlier this month. The Delta variant is currently the greatest threat in the U.S. to our attempt to eliminate COVID-19. Fauci said in a news briefing last week, we have the tools, so let's use them and crush the outbreak. How about I crush your face? Oh, wait, I'm not allowed to say that. Um, I'll crush the NIAID. I don't know. Um, But I'm so sick of that motherfucker. I'm so sick of him. I'm so sick of Bill Gates, although he's not saying much right now. I'm sick of the CDC. I'm sick of the WHO. They are making me sick. That's the public health crisis we have. These places are making me sick. And you sick. And everyone's sick. I was going to talk about John McAfee getting suicided. Yeah, he got suicided. He's, he died in a jail cell in Spain. Barcelona. But nobody killed him and don't worry about it. And the... Um, I wanted to get into the PCR test, but I didn't get into that. Sorry. And the ethylene oxide... We'll get into that next time, I guess, if it's an issue. I've heard about the ethylene oxide situation. It's a cancerous chemical that's used for sterilizing the PCR tests or antigen tests in the case of the UK. Um, Other than that, like the Tuskegee thing, I already talked about this on a show that I'm on now. I'll plug the political matrix on YouTube. Uh, it's a live stream situation, but I go on there every once in a while to say what I got to say about various topics and with evidence, of course, to back it up. Um, and I guess I should probably get into the Delta variant there next time. I'm losing my voice again. Uh, so I saved it the last couple of days and this is what I get. But it's almost over, so it's okay. Oh, I wanted to talk about the vaccine verification system. My bad. Okay, so I'll end there, I guess. Um, vaccine verification system in the U- in LA, in the, in California. So that's where people got all a bent in a, a twist over it. I don't know if that's a thing that people say, but I'm gonna say it anyway. But they. Their underwear in a twist, something like that. I just said verification, verification, verification. Oh, it's not even just good news. It's not even just California now, because as it turns out, on ABC News, so helpful. Um, as states in their coronavirus restrictions, very few are creating systems to help businesses verify whether customers have been vaccinated against COVID-19. So that's what he said. Okay, so June 26th is when this article was put out from the Associated Press. (coughs) Told you I don't feel well. My voice is gone. Um, But this is interesting because Gavin Newsom, our beloved uh, governor in California, had said that it's just, you know, a digital backup of the vaccination card that you would normally get. So don't worry about it. It's fine. It's not the same as a a vaccine passport. Don't say that. But this article is saying a little bit different. Interestingly enough, uh, customers wanting to wine dine and unwind to 
Live music at the city wineries, flagship restaurant in New York must show proof of a COVID-19 vaccination to get in. But that's not required at most other dining establishments in the city, and it's not necessary at other city winery sites around the U.S. If city winery tried doing such a thing at its places in Atlanta and Nashville, we would have no business because so many people are basically against it, said CEO Michael Dorff. Across the U.S., many hard-hit businesses eager to return to normal have been reluctant to demand proof of vaccination from customers, and the public and the politicians in many places have made it clear they don't care for the idea. In fact, far more states have banned proof of vaccination policies than have created smartphone-based programs for people to digitally display their vaccination status. That's what I was just talking about. The CDC still recommends masks when dining, that makes no sense, or gathering indoors for those who aren't fully vaccinated, but few states require it and most businesses rely on voluntary compliance, even in places with low vaccination rates where COVID-19 cases are climbing. Digital vaccine verification programs could make it easier to enforce safeguards and tamp down new outbreaks, but that only works when you have mass adoption, and mass adoption requires trust and not gonna happen. An actual buy-in with what the state health department is doing, which is not necessarily present in all states, said Alan Butler, executive director of the Electronic Privacy Information Center, EPIC, yes, a Washington-based nonprofit organization. Hawaii is the only state enforcing some version of a vaccine passport, of course it is. It requires travelers to upload a photo or PDF of their Hawaii vaccination document or pass a pre-arrival COVID-19 test to avoid having to quarantine for 10 days. Wasn't it before 14 days? That's funny how that changes. Earlier this month, California became just the third state behind New York and Louisiana to offer residents a way to voluntarily display digital proof of their COVID-19 shots. None of those states requires the use of their digital verification systems to access either public or private sector places. But I will note that Excelsior Pass is still in use in the uh, in New York as a pa- vaccine, vaccine passport. And they say that later on <laughs> as a step in reopening. New York in March launched its Excelsior Pass, the first state system to provide the digital proof of COVID-19 vaccination or a recent negative test. As of early June, more than 2 million people had gotten the digital pass, dumbasses, about one-fifth of those who have been vaccinated. Vaccinated. Then they go back to the city winery. Most customers bypass the Excelsior Pass and instead show their paper CDC vaccination cards to gain entry, according to Dorf, who said patrons at the 1,000-person capacity venue appreciate going into a bubble of safety knowing that everyone around them is vaccinated that's some cultish shit but okay so then there's a whole lot of more stuff in there and then we come back to the end the california chamber of commerce says it said it welcomes the state's new vaccine verification system as a way for employers to check on their employees (laughs) so we need more of that California regulations require most employees who aren't fully vaccinated to wear masks when dealing with others indoors. 
Oh, kill everything. Digital vaccine verification allows an employer who really wants to make sure the workplace is vaccinated to require that without having the impossible problem of John says he's vaccinated, but he lost his vaccine card. What do we do? This solves that issue, said Rob Moultrie, a policy advocate at the California Chamber of Commerce. And of course, it's the Commerce Office, yes, because this is all commercial. This is all about money. Everything is about money. That's what I've realized in my lifetime so far is it all goes back to money. How much money are these vaccine companies making? How much money are these passes companies making? It's, it's a shit ton. <laughs> They're profiting off of our pain. And are we going to let them? No. Are we going to let them scare us about the Delta variant? No. Am I going to be dead in a month because I said all this shit? Probably. Maybe not. Let's see. I don't know. Anyway, catch me on the political matrix every Saturday night if I can get there. Um, we had a good one. I was on a nine in, in parts. <laughs> but it was a good episode um, last Saturday, this past Saturday. That would be the 26th of June. I'm really looking forward to putting all these articles in. So you guys can read them. And I'm going to put some shit on YouTube from now on again. Or I'll try. I, I can only try. I'll leave you with this. I saw a really good movie on Netflix. Some random shit, but I really enjoyed it. It's called Mr. Virgin. It's from 1984 in Hong Kong. Unfortunately, the audio quality is not the best. But other than that, it's really a fun romp. And a precursor of sorts to 40-year-old virgin. Because then it concerns a 30-year-old virgin. But then there's a curse involved. It gets a little wacky. And it's also a romance. It's fun. It's weird. I like it. So that's my recommendation. I'm just going to do a, a movie recommendation. And my movie recommendation is Mr. Virgin. It's really good. Trust me. Don't trust me. Don't trust anyone, actually. But um, check it out if you can. It should be on Netflix. It is in Laos, where I went on my VPN. Get a VPN. Another piece of advice nobody asked for. Get a VPN. It's so worth it. Your, your security is worth it. Your privacy is worth it. Just get the fucking VPN. Any VPN. Probably not a free one. Probably not going to be very good if it's a free one. And just takes you to U.S. places. Not that the U.S. is bad. I'm usually in Canada. Or Laos. Or Bangkok. Or, or Thailand, sorry. Or... Tokyo sometimes you can't go to Grubhub in Tokyo though you have to go back to Canada because they will not let you do that I'm not shouting out to Grubhub <laughs> but anyway thanks for listening to this diatribe I try I try to tell you guys what's going on my best way and it's just very sad the whole situation I try to lighten it up, I guess, as much as possible. Maybe I'll do more movie shit on the next episode. I don't know. Have a nice summer. 
watch out for that Delta variant. No. Actually, you should watch some predictive programming just to prepare. That's really helpful. And the propaganda is really helpful to watch because it really is reminiscent of the 1976 swine flu thing. And if you haven't heard about the swine flu epidemic thing, just look it up. Whole U.S. went crazy. Did an immunization campaign. Had neurological uh, adverse effects that CDC covered up. It's, it's not good. So learn from history. That's all I got to say. Don't do drugs. <laughs> Specifically drugs that benefit big corporations. I, you know, I didn't get the vaccine. I'm not saying, or maybe I did. I don't know. You know, it's just for the future. <laughs> I may not or may get the vaccine and I may, I don't suggest that you get it or you don't get it. It's all your choice. I, I leave that to you, but I want to keep you as informed as possible before you make that decision. So thank you so much for listening. Whoever's listening to this, maybe the four people who I get to listen to it. Um, and the people who follow me from the political matrix, thank you. Hello for coming. And, uh, thank you for coming. (laughs) Hello for coming. And thank you for coming. That's a great name for a movie. Um, Moving on. Thank you so much. Thanks for bearing with me.